Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Jordan. You are Rebel HQ contributor and host of Deep Dive, TYT's Twitch. Always a pleasure having him on the show. Top story of the day, Nancy Pelosi, longtime Democratic leader and speaker announces She's actually stepping down. We have some of that speech, here it is. My friends, no matter what title you all, my colleagues have bestowed upon me, speaker, leader, whip, there is no greater official honor for me than to stand on this floor and to speak for the people of San Francisco. This I will continue to do as a member of the House, speaking for the people of San Francisco, serving the great state of California, and defending our Constitution. And with great confidence in our caucus, I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress. For me, the hours come for a new generation to lead the Democratic caucus that I so deeply respect. And I'm grateful that so many are ready and willing to shoulder this awesome responsibility. All right, there's no ambiguity about my feelings in reference to Leader Pelosi. I have been critical of her at times and I have actually praised some of her actions at times. We appreciate her leadership. I do agree it is time for her to move on along with a few other Democrats so the new leadership can come in. Here's the reality, many of them, I'm talking about corporate Democrats at large, they are compromised in ways that we probably would never comprehend. They have connections and relationships that we will never be exposed to. The new generation that I hope she's referring to connects back to progressive policies in this country and specifically inside of their caucus. If it is not progressive leadership, then you get the same dynamic in a different body. We need not only new bodies, we need a new protocol. We need new leadership. This is going to spark obviously a significant transition in the leadership. But let's be clear, this was in discussion for years. As a matter of fact, according to members of Congress that I know personally, she basically negotiated her way back in during the last opportunity and this was the last chance to prove that she could hold the numbers and she did not. All right, we'll see what happens next. Uh, Jordan, thoughts here. You know, I can't say I'm surprised. She mentioned and she ran again in early 2017 uh, after Trump won that she would be the best person to guide Democrats during his administration and then for the next several years. This is kind of when people expected her to step down. Uh, and I think the attack on her husband just was the you know, the final straw for her. It's, it's a difficult job and when you make things personal like that and unfortunately violent, I can't imagine anyone would wanna stay in that position. I am worried though uh, about who replaces her. We, we don't have a clear picture yet, but you know, some signs point to Akeem Jeffries who is younger and has like co-sponsored some progressive pieces of legislation. But I think time will show that he's going to be—he's going to offer some of the same leadership and approaches that Pelosi has. For instance, he started a pack called Team Blue Pack, and that was with Josh Gottheimer. And they did this 
as Josh Gottheimer was blocking Build Back Better, like one of the president's key legislative priorities. And their whole purpose was to block progressive challengers to help corporate Democrats stay in power. So I'm deeply, if it's him, I wanna see what he does, how he leads, what he prioritizes. But I'm worried with a guy like him who 4% of his campaign donations are from individual donors and the rest is all institutional and special interests. I'm a little bit worried about where things could go. Yeah, I think that's well said. Hopefully we get a fighter at the end of this, but we shall see. Okay, Herschel Dam Walker talked about vampires. Here it is. Oh, do you ever watch a stupid movie late at night hoping it's gonna get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are some cool people, are they not? But I'm gonna tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire, did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore, I wanted to be a werewolf. But then anyway, as I'm watching this movie, and then you can tell how stupid it is, because it's one in the morning. So I'm watching my TV, are these kids watching their TV, or a vampire kill on their TV? So you know it's kind of stupid, but I'm still watching though. As I'm watching this show, what was funny, these kids had a vampire in their attic at their house. So they were watching their TV, now I'm watching my TV, they're watching their TV, or they see the vampire killer on their TV. So they win this contest to bring this actor. Now, y'all got to stay with me. Bring this actor who's a vampire killer from that TV to get rid of this real life vampire in that attic. So as this actor comes to their home, he got all the right stuff. He got all the right stuff because you got to have a state and got to have a thing to kill him in the heart. And he got a necklace of garlic because that worked. I don't know what it does, but it worked. You got to have a cross because it burned. I know that worked. And then all of a sudden, this is what was so funny about it. As they're walking through the house, this, this, this guy's got the holy water. He's blessing the house, this actor. Now he's all fake. He's blessing the house with his holy water. They walked upstairs and this vampire looking real good in this black suit. You like vampires in black suits. Are you a bounty hunter, sir, or a vampire hunter? That's, what, what's the point here? Who is in the black suit? Here it is. They walked upstairs and this vampire looking real good in this black suit. Whoa, that sounds like Senator Warnock, doesn't it? Looking all good in this black suit, floated from the ceiling. He floated from the ceiling looking good and cool. And I'm thinking, whoa, they better get out of that house. If somebody float from your ceiling, get out of that house. That's, that's not your house. But as he floated from the ceiling, the kid jumped behind that hero. As they jumped behind that hero, the guy jumped in front of him with this holy water, threw it on the vampire forehead. He covered his eye. And he took his hand away. He started laughing. And he said, that don't work. He took the cross, he put it on the vampire's forehead. And the vampire didn't even do anything. He said, that don't work. And that's the way it is in our life. It doesn't even work unless you got faith. It is time for us to have faith. We got to have faith in our fellow brother. We got to have faith in this country. We got to have faith in, this, in the elected officials. And right now, that's the reason I'm here. Sir, is Warnock a vampire or not? All of this talking around, what's going on here? There's something. We need to know about. I thought Herschel Walker was talking to probably three or four year olds, right? The way he was telling the story. No, worse, Trump supporters. Okay? I don't understand exactly what point he was trying to land, neither does he. Okay? All right, this happened in a place called McDonough, Georgia. Very interesting. So Walker has made a lot of questionable claims. 
right? We've covered them right here on Indisputable. He's, he's made claims about climate science. It has been revealed that his claims about his business background, not true. He has been shown to have fathered previously unacknowledged children. He has seen his own son denounce him on social media. And though he is campaigning on the anti-abortion platform, he is alleged to have pressured at least two women, if not more, to have abortions. In McDonough, Georgia, Walker's discussion of the unnamed vampire film led him to a character he said deployed a cross and holy water against the vampire without the expected effect. This, Walker said, showed that life, and I quote, don't even work unless you've got faith. We gotta have faith. I don't know what vampire films you're looking at, sir. But your faith really didn't matter to the vampire, okay? Now, this is an interesting, I guess, support of Herschel Walker. Let's put it up. Journalist, and I utilize that word loosely, Michael Tracy said, and I quote, Herschel Walker doesn't come across as the ideal US Senator. But the main reason he's called stupid seems to be because he speaks in a heavy regional dialect with lots of colloquialisms. This alone does not make him stupid. He sounds like countless blacks in the deep south. See, there you go. Uh, sir, it is not because of his country accent. I'm country, I'm from the south, okay? It is because of the dumb ish he says. Just like if you say dumb ish, like you just did, you're dumb yourself. All right, Jordan, thoughts here. There's part of me that kind of feels bad for Herschel Walker. I think it just shows how damaging football, like a career in football can be, especially if you're a running back. And that seems to be the issue here. The issue here is definitely not his race. It is not where he's from. It's not the region he grew up in. It's it's just that he is not all there, which is unfortunate. To an extent, I feel bad for him and anybody in that situation. It doesn't justify, you know, just as you know, we've seen how other players have acted out later in life. Uh, because of CTE and things like that, it doesn't justify what they do, but it explains it. It explains it in part. So for him, I don't, I don't think it justifies any of these things he's running on or the things he's campaigning on, but it explains some of the reason why. I'm, I'm so like enthralled by this clip. I just, I'm fascinated why anybody on his team thought this was a good story for him to tell, <laughs> because it didn't really have a clear point. I couldn't really make sense of it. Uh, but he seemed very enthusiastic, and I guess uh, good for him on that front that he had a good time watching that movie. Whatever yeah. that movie was, he couldn't. What he doesn't ever. know what it was. He has no idea. Another complication. Remember the uh, model who decided to kill her then boyfriend. She was not arrested, and then finally, after months, she was. Let me take you back to one of the videos that sparked the investigation to move to arrest. Here it is. Okay. This came out obviously after the killing, where she claimed it was self defense, that she was not violent against her mate. Clear evidence, the history says otherwise. So, this is just one vicious attack. 
that surface after they refused to arrest her for murder. Now, eventually she did get arrested. The forensics did not check out. The evidence was contrary to her statement. But even with that, many still believed that she in fact was operating in self-defense, which we said from day one, utterly insane given the facts of the case. And then this came to the forefront, here it is. What is going on? Like, what are you? Are you gonna get this mad at me when I'm apologizing to you? No, Christian. But you're thinking I'm doing it on purpose. Drop your ad. Drop your high pitch. Okay, I'm not doing it on purpose. You touched the hard. You know damn well the right thing to do is to tell me. Yes, and I am so sorry. So shut up and let me fucking slap you, dumbass. No, you're not gonna slap me. Give me my phone. You have your phone. I don't have it anymore. Find it and fucking charge it. What? Find it, Charlie. I don't care. Find it, Charlie. Okay, just stop. Don't touch me. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Because I'm telling you, I'm sorry. Find my phone and charge it. I don't know where your phone is. Find it. Can you help me find it? I won. So why? Find it. insults and remember she ended up killing him. She did not go to jail for it, she was questioned, she was let go. Her story made no sense. After media attention and some other dynamics from her own friends, she gets arrested, okay? Now there's another complication and it includes a million dollars. Put up her picture full mass. Now let me highlight this issue with Courtney. Clinty, who's the model, killed her boyfriend. During the testimony that began last week, prosecutors told the court that this 26 year old seven figure income from the adult content site makes her a substantial flight risk, complicating a judge's decision to allow her to leave from the Miami Dade jail until trial. Prosecutors presented evidence that she earned $966,692 in 2020, at $1.8 million in 2021, 
The court also said the young moneymaker funneled two large wire transfers, 1.1 million and 50,000 to her father's bank account after she stabbed Obum Sely, the then boyfriend. The state alleges she attempted to hide the money just in case she had to leave the country to avoid a nasty trial. Now, did you see this, right? Okay. He gets killed, the boyfriend gets killed. There's an investigation, same day. She gets questioned, she gets to go home. Everybody's outraged. Even her own friends said her story is not true. Months go by. Nobody checked her bank records. Nobody looked for circumstantial evidence like this. There's more. Um, we last um, saw Clanny's father when him and his daughter were caught drinking at a hotel bar. Now remember, what happened right after the murder? She went and she partied, basically. We have that footage. Here it is. I'll videotape her right now. She, yeah, you should go. Yeah, you should go. Because you just killed your boyfriend. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. Let's follow the order here. You kill your boyfriend, you wire a million dollars to your dad, and then you go and have drinks with him in celebration because you thought you got away with it. How much does your dad know? Did he aid? All right. Uh, the possibility of her making money while on the run, prosecutors believe. This further proves that she is a flight risk and should not be offered a bond. A linchpin in their flight risk theory is her occupation, a virtual actor or actress. She works in a profession she can maintain abroad if she flees the country and act she can certainly afford financially. More evidence of premeditation has been uncovered. Footage obtained by Seven News is part of evidence that prosecutors plan to show in a Miami-Dade courtroom. A March 5th clip shows the defendant and a boyfriend, Christian Obumseli, nearly one month before she fatally stabbed him at the upscale condominium. At one point, cell phone video recorded captures the audio of her saying, I'm actually blank not having a good day, where I actually literally blank want to kill you, but you don't take me seriously. The prosecution. Led by the Miami-Dade state attorney, Catherine Fernandez, is building a case showing the history of violence in a relationship on the part of clinic leading up to the stabbing death on April 3rd in their luxury condominium. Additional evidence in the court shows text messages from her boyfriend describing two previous incidents in which she stabbed him. Additional testimony is planned for today. Yeah. All of that evidence was there on day one. You see everything that the prosecution is submitting now, that evidence was there day one of the investigation. The officers did not bother to look, the detective did not bother to pry. They accepted the story and continued to move on with their lives as if an entire human being had not just been killed. And there was a dumbass story as to why. What was her story? Her story was she was basically throwing a knife and the knife just perfectly hit his body in a place that killed him, 10 feet away. They bought that story, or at least they wanted us to buy that they bought that story. Jordan, thoughts here. 
the racism and bias and policing is on full display here in every aspect from just not investigating to believing her story when she is clearly now that we've seen even just some pieces of evidence not well and the you know the, i guess collective decision to just let her go uh to like you know not held on bond nothing just she's fine just let her out there like you think about how people who have uh, allegedly done way way uh less severe things shoplifting or you know random crimes throughout new york that is held in perpetuity in rikers and you could see you could see why i, mean, I, I don't have to spell it out for people you know why yeah, you know right. why she's out even though she's she you know allegedly murdered someone versus somebody who allegedly shoplifted or had weed or drugs or some other nonviolent offense it's it's total bs so yeah. this all this does is illustrate the bias and racism in policing well said and the reality is she said she killed him she admitted to doing it if it would have been the other way around and he would have killed her it doesn't matter what he would have said that night he was going to jail okay and he will still be incarcerated today regardless of the background a gop candidate is a predator Put up his picture full mass. That's the allegation. Now, let me give you some background. This is a South Dakota House candidate who lost his race, appeared in court this Tuesday on a charge of second degree sexual assault. Bud Marty, that's his name. Bud Marty May, 37, faces 50 years in prison over the class one felony charge. His bond, was set at $7,500 with a no contact order regarding the victim. His preliminary hearing is set for November 30th at 1130 AM. Let me give you a background on the attack alleged against him. According to the victim, Mr. May forced himself on her in a bathroom stall at a bar, telling her, and I quote, I am six foot eight white, it is all. Consensual. May then fled the scene, but was later detained by the police. The Republican candidate initially denied involvement, but then claimed it was simply a hug. Just days before Bud ran for one of the two South Dakota seats against his mother, Elizabeth May, the seats were won by Perry Purrier. A Democrat with 29% of the vote and his mother Elizabeth May, Republican with 26% of the vote. But Bud finished last, okay, he finished last. Now, obviously, heinous crime here. The allegation is extreme and horrific. But think about it in context of where we are in the political arena. He goes to a woman, according to her account, and I believe her, and he physically violates her, sexually violates her, and then provides an excuse as to why. Well, Donald Trump said that was okay. Donald Trump says he just grabs women by the you know what. And because he's famous or a celebrity or got money, they let him do it according to him. Now remember this guy admitted, Trump admitted to sexual assault and then got elected president. But he's not the first one and unfortunately will not be the last. This is the element of rape culture we talk about in the United States of America was somehow people that engage in this kind of assault against women. 
they are typically treated in a way that's not appropriate to the actual crime. They're given lighter sentences, a pass, oh, it's just locker room talk. And here's the new one, he's tall, white, and it must be consensual. Isn't that something? All right, we're gonna continue to follow this. Jordan, thoughts here. Well, folks are lucky that he didn't win his election, but I was looking at the results. He missed third place by two votes. Yeah. So he didn't do extremely poorly, despite uh, seems to be uh, obviously that he's a lunatic. Uh, what this underscores is how Trump has inspired just some of the worst people, not just to express their worst views or act out in their worst behavior patterns, but also to run for office. That part's scary. We're like, that's going to be a long-term effect of just Trump being a major political player that we're going to see play out over the next few to several years. And now with Trump running, running again, I think those same people who might have taken a step back after 2020 and especially January 6th, I think some people, it may, it may have gotten a little too real for them. I think they ultimately like it, but they're a little bit more reserved, but they're going to be back and they're yeah. going to be more emboldened. They're going to be more outspoken with their bigotry, their hate, their racism, their xenophobia, their transphobia. They're going to feel empowered again, and that's really unfortunate. So yeah, I know people watching the show are going to fight back against Trump's run, but ultimately DeSantis too will try to cater to the same people. It's going to be a race to the bottom when we all lose. Well said, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Before I do that, let me remind everyone, Unbossed, Nina Turner, that's always right after Indisputable. Make sure you tune in live, real easy, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. You can also subscribe, youtube.com forward slash Unbossed TYT. Remarkable woman, remarkable show. All right, a lot of comments, we'll get to as many as I can. Next, TYT reporter, Herschel Walker. Basically, if a brain fart could talk, there you go. Uh, Lynn says, I'd hate to be the, the ASL interpreter for Walker speeches. I mean, damn, I didn't even think about that. All right, RGL Network, now let's get AOC up there. There you go, a fighter, someone who does not have the entanglements, someone who's not afraid, all right? Let them at it, okay. Um, Nicolette Horades, and thank you so much for that. At least Walker could fall back on a movie buff YouTube channel. After all, this is all said and done. Love you, Doc. Love you back. Bernie the Kiwi Dragon, good evening from London. Damn, it's the most appropriate middle name for Walker. It should be made official. I really have no idea as to what on earth he was even trying to say. Don't feel bad because he doesn't either. Guarantee you, okay? All right, Twitch. Of James, feels dank man Herschel is dumber than I am pre-caffeine, all right. Got something for you, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell African American man threatening my life. I mean, she's ready to tell you what I want. I want to fucking go home, if somebody gets knocked Nobody's gonna get knocked down. Bro, can you just go? Really? Hey, 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 chill. Hey, you bleeding some more now, honey? It is 101. I might have broken your nose. Come on. I take fighting classes, bitch. 
UFC, come at me. We all do MMA. Why are you fat then? Thugs, savages. Now here's the thing, all right? I do not condone violence, but that was self-defense. She ran up there, she messed around, she found out. Now, the attack was unwarranted, was not necessary. Nobody was trying to do anything with her. But I did find it interesting after the combat, after the physical combat, when the young lady who had to defend herself said, she made the comment that she takes fighting classes. I was done. I gotta tell you, I've seen a lot of fights in my life. I'm from Glenwood Road, Decatur, Georgia. I have never seen, heard, witnessed at the end of a fight, somebody yell, I take fighting classes. That's a new one, all right? Like your style there. Jordan, thoughts here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you just. If you, I just do you take fighting classes, Jordan? What's that? Do you take fighting classes? Uh, no, but I for years I, I I have hit a heavy bag at the gym, which is that kind of counts. Cathartic, yeah. But uh, I'm not walking up to people, you know, trying to throw haymakers because you just never know who <laughs> what that's right to find out. That's right. <laughs> Let's put these pictures up. I thought it was an interesting story here in that picture. Uh, one, two, three. You know, as I said before, uh, good form. She's keeping her hands up. Yeah, good. Yeah, all right. That's something else. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel right. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Do you live here? Do you live here? Do you live here? Get your ass away from my car. You Karen. Get get away from my car. What's wrong? Why are you in here? Tell him get, get away from me. Turn around and get your dumb ass back in the car. I'm sorry, we Turn around. Okay, here we go. Once again, black woman in her own community. She is being accosted by a Karen who obviously believes the black woman does not belong there. You gotta stop doing this. Remember, I've shared with you before where it actually comes from. This entire notion about approaching black folk because they seem to be out of their place goes all the way back to the era of slavery in the United States of America, where a free black person, a person walking around who happens to be black, any white individual was empowered by law to check their freedom papers by law. They were empowered to do this, okay? Just by virtue of their whiteness. They could question your ability as a black person to be mobile. Well, that sentiment still rests with many Karens that you see today. Clearly, this is not the job of a Karen. But once again, we provide a reflection here, a mirror. Hopefully, so that correction can take place. Many times that does not happen, but at least we have it for the record. This is another dynamic that we have to fight against in our social construct in America. All right, Jordan, thoughts here. Just really weird. All of these videos obviously rub me in the wrong way. Just I don't understand the mindset someone is in where they feel so entitled to just harass a stranger and demand that they show proof that they can or should be 
where they are. Like, you can just go wherever you want. This is like, it's like the, one of the core tenets of this country, right? Like, I could just hang out in a street I don't live in. It's, I don't know, it might be weird, but that person lives there. Leave them alone. Mind your own business. Go back inside. Go do literally anything. And, you know, the racism that we see in these videos is really disconcerting. This is, they're common. This happens way more often than I think a lot of people realized until people started collecting these videos and you've done a good job reporting on them. But I, I just, we need to stop, let people live their lives. And this goes in so many, or this applies to so many different areas of our life. Whether it's someone you don't know, doesn't look like you in your neighborhood or someone just using the bathroom who might not identify the same way as you, leave them alone. Let people live their lives. It's not your life. I just that is just like how I like to live my life, and I think everyone else should live their life that way as well. Agreed, one hundred percent. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments before I do that. Let me give a big thank you to everyone who has been very supportive of our Jackson, Mississippi effort, as you are well aware, they did not have clean water. And then when they got clean water, they did not have water pressure. And now that they have water pressure, the water pressure isn't pressurized in every area of the city, all right? You all have been helping a lot. Right now, we are less than $5,000 away from hitting our goal of 28,000. You can help the people of Mississippi by rushing $25, $10, $5 to the National Clean Water Collective today, all right? You can make that happen. You can make the donation right now, tyt.com forward slash relief, tyt.com forward slash relief. Thank you in advance for all your help. Okay, Lynn says, we missed when the other woman said, I take care in classes. There you go. Um, Stop Dragon says, somebody come out here and get this Karen Sally Fields, she's out of control. Yep, Snack Panther says, the pandemic ain't over. Karenitis is running buck wild. Yep. Uh, Dr. Pat, a member for two, two months, Antica level. Thank you so much for that. Uh, how do we recommend a story? Doc, what I want you to do is email, email us at indisputable at TYT for story recommendations. All right? We appreciate you. Okay. What if I told you a cop decides to put trash on somebody else's car? As a matter of fact, let's just go to that picture first. So this cop, decided to put trash on the vehicle of another person. Not just a little bit of trash, that's a whole lot of trash, okay? Let me give you the background. Let's put his picture up again and the victim of his crime. An Omaha police officer ticketed last week after dumping trash on a neighbor's car has resigned. Williams. William Cleese, 31, was caught by his neighbor, Patricia Valentine, taking a bag of trash out of their apartment, out of their apartment complex's dumpster, ripping open the bag and then deciding to empty the contents of the bag on top of her car. This happened on November 6th. Once again, here's the picture of what he did, all right? After she saw a man dump trash on her car, she said she went outside to confront him. Valentine said she recognized him 
uh, as Cleese and had met him only one time before when he was wearing his police uniform. During the interaction, she said they had talked about how long each had been living in at the residence. She remembered that he said the only issue he'd had in the area were homeless people who were nearby. Valentine wrote that she replied that the people weren't a problem. Uh, let's put up the police chief. This is just a really weird and ironic story. Uh, and it has me questioning uh, the psychology of this particular cop. Uh, so the police chief, his name is Schmadurer, had ordered an internal investigation into the matter on November 7th. So remember this happened on the 6th, he ordered it on the 7th. Uh, the police chief has, uh, the police chief says, he has moved out of the apartment building. Uh, this person has been with the department for five years, okay? Uh, and was placed on paid administrative leave on November 8th. So look at the timeline, six, it happens, seven, there's an internal investigation. And on the eighth, he decides to leave. Uh, the police chief says in a written statement uh, that they also resigned before an internal affairs investigation um, was scheduled, all right? Before it could be done. The resignation was accepted. The Omaha Police Department will provide documentation to the Nebraska Crime Commission seeking a revocation of his law enforcement certificate. Um, now this is interesting because they act as if there's is nothing they can do beyond the administrative dynamic. That's simply not true. Um, this is a crime. This bears a criminal penalty. If she would have done it to him, if she would have dumped the trash on his car, do you think that would have been an administrative response? or criminal response. Would she have been arrested? Of course, no question about it. But for some reason, because he's the police, he gets to avoid a criminal penalty. Naturally, he doesn't need to be a cop. Somebody who would do something like this has other things in their background, extremely problematic. We just don't have it for the record. But we cannot ignore the reality that it is a crime. And we cannot ignore the fact that he's not being punished for a crime whatsoever, even though he committed a crime against a black woman. See, this is part of the reason why people do not like the police. It's not because police simply do dumb stuff sometimes. It is because when they do dumb things or criminal things or negligent things, they do not have the same or even similar penalty as one of us, a regular citizen. Now, cops are supposed to be held to a higher standard of law, a higher standard of accountability, not a lower one. but. Time and time again, their profession is different than any other. If you are a doctor, you're held to a higher standard of responsibility. If you are a psychiatrist or psychologist, professor, whatever it may be, you are held to a higher standard. If you are a cop, they turn it upside down and you're held to a lower one. All right, Jordan, thoughts here? Yeah, that's the issue here. You know, these are people who have jobs where they purportedly protect and serve. But in practice, that, that isn't the reality at all. Like you say, if she put trash on a cop car, if she even scratched a cop car, she would be arrested and they would slap her with tons of charges. But the other way around, it's okay, here's a paid vacation. Oh, you want out? Okay, good luck at whatever police department you inevitably end up at. There's, I'd be shocked if he loses his certification or ability to remain a police officer. It's just the world we live in, They, they even for murder, 
they rarely face any consequences. Like, what's this to people like that? So I'm kind of surprised, but not surprised. But also, again, if it was her, it wouldn't just be that she was in trouble. It'd be a national story. Right-wing media would run with it and be like, look at the attacks that Democrats are fueling on our beloved cops. Yep. This this Black Lives Matter protester, uh, Antifa radical is attacking our beloved precious cops. Like It would just be a national story, but because it's the other way around, it's you're covering it thankfully, but you know, it's not gonna be on it's not gonna be on Fox News tonight. Yeah, guaranteed. And here's the other thing, and if you blink, you'll miss it. They accepted his resignation. They don't have to. You don't have to accept a resignation. You can reject it and fire the person to make a point, to make an example. Kind of like when cops decide to hold a press conference and say, we're gonna make an example out of people like this. They never do it for their own, no matter what their own may do. I got different ways that I can look at it, you know? And it's like, you're not asking. I heard you, I stood right there and asked you. You have to ask every single person. And I don't know if it's because they're getting on you. And I have been asking, Kelly. It's your job. Just like the credit card, it's your job. We are required to sell six credit cards a week. They can track that. And you know what it's gonna come down to? I you guys people, are going to lose your jobs because you're not doing your job. Do you understand they, that? The credit card is not a good credit card, and that is I don't the reason care. for it. It, it doesn't matter. Itself. It doesn't matter whether you want to sell it or not. That's your job to sell the credit card. I it's not, just like if you work for Kohl's that. and you sell their clothes. Maybe I don't like Kohl's clothes, but you're going to have to sell them to me. Well, I understand the fact of asking and stuff, and I do. Um, you do not. You do not. I cannot. You do not sell that credit card. Like you only wait and see if it pulls up on the thing on the screen. You sell it regardless if it comes up on the screen. And, and I don't know if this is one. just like you're not a random one. thing, but I don't understand the vibes here because it we have not had any issues. This Walgreens manager uh, speaking in the spirit of a Chicago pimp, obviously is upset that those damn cards have not been sold. There's more. Mm-hmm. Me, myself, personally, I'm having a great day. I've gotten $3 of this, and when when Lacey left, it was at $17, so you've gotten $2. Right. And, and what cannot, time did you come in today? Is there a requirement that we are, if we, we have to sell, do $60. I've asked everybody, Kelly. I cannot no, you pull don't like, money out there of this and say that. I have. You have to have $20 today. And what happens if I don't have $20? Repercussions. Repercussions? I need a statement from Walgreens. Let's put up the picture of this out of control general manager, Karen, um, who's really upset that those high ass Walgreens cards, those high interest cards are not being sold to the nearest victim. So this is really fascinating because I have never heard of such a mandate before that you have to sell 20 of these cards. And I'm sure Walgreens would disagree that this is something that's part of the actual protocol. But here's another reality, that's a microcosm, right? This is a situation, it's unfortunate, but it happens all across the country. Now, there's a pressure obviously from corporate entities to simply sell, sell, sell. They don't give a damn about the quality of the product or 
how the person on the other side has to experience the product or even the salesperson, the individual taking the you know, flack, as you can see. But I'm not sure if this is part of that narrative, perhaps it is. But damn, Karen, how many cars did you sell? All right, sharing thoughts here. Pimp makes up their own rules, go yeah. get me more money. You're absolutely right, Dr. Ritchie. The, the most beautiful part though, is the the employee who exposes this Karen and I'm going to I'm going to own this and use it. I'm still having a great day. She said I'm having a great day. <laughs> I hope right. you are too. And it was beautiful. That's the best comeback ever for these people. It really Karen. is. It just yeah. gets their blood boiling even more. It's wonderful. Yeah. I'm having a great day. Yeah. I think Walgreens needs to give that person a promotion to manager yes. and let the other person out. Okay. Yeah. We have an exclusive, the heartlessness of these cops who decided to evict mothers and their children from cars, impound the cars and made them sleep outside. Let me take you to the first video, here it is. The three of you, who is in charge? Okay, so you're planning on putting this woman on foot like with, with nowhere to live with our son and our dog. That's what you guys are planning on doing. Does that does that look like it's something that should be done? You guys feel like this is there's any humanity in this? You you guys want to take this woman like it's like coming into winter. It's cold and you want her to be on foot like it doesn't matter. That is that is unacceptable and and uh, absolutely unacceptable. That I cannot believe you guys don't have the heart. Like like you must have some kind of heart. Should she stay with you and your mother? You must have some kind of heart. So she can stay with well, you. Well, I was supposed to. We, you know, we're actually helping each other in the community. We, we, we're able to help her. We, we're trying the best we can to help. You guys are destroying. So she can stay with you tonight. You guys are destroying. You're destroying people. You're destroying people. Let's put up the picture of the family. Okay. San Diego police impounded the cars of two unhoused mothers and their two children on November 12th. It forced them to spend the night outside. And they knew that's exactly what would happen if they impounded these vehicles. The mother Lisa and June did find temporary accommodation following the YouTube post about their eviction. A neighbor caught the incident where June is packing what belongings she can carry. Citizen journalist Carol Meeks then interviewed the families about the incident. Here's some of that. We're telling you right now, we don't care how far out of date, we don't care how much, you know, what steps you've taken. They just. So did you tell them that by them towing your vehicles that your children were going to be out on the street and in the elements? Yes. Yes. We did. They oh. and cut they, us off and turned their heads. Yep. They cut us off and just kept on doing their job. And of course, it took forever for the sergeant to get there. And then, you know, basically he stood his ground. And he says, well, you know, 
you knew this was uh, driving is a privilege, not a right. And I'm sorry, but I disagree with that because I have a disabled child. <coughs> that is my vehicle to transport my. Oh, I hear coughing right now. Yeah, which was probably made worse by having to sleep in a tent oh, last definitely, night. Definitely, definitely, it was freezing. I mean, the ground was, and our all of our belongings got wet. So we're in the tent, and they're wet, and it's already cold, and we're freezing. So you slept here in a tent last night, you and your children? My son and I slept in the tent, and they slept outside. I'm going to say this. If they don't get you a room for tonight, I'm going to try and find and pay for a room for you tonight. Thank you. Because this is just ridiculous. And you know, all the city council people who just ran and got elected, maybe this is, should be a priority, finding housing for single moms and their children who city officials are forcing onto the streets in cold weather at night. We were able to talk directly with Carol Meeks, who documented this and provided humanity where humanity was not. And Carol says, and I quote, San Diego city officials had some pretty screwed up priorities when they put making money by impounding poor folks vehicles to generate fines and eventually sell them. So that's the scheme, they sell the cars when a person can't pay it. When people could not afford to reclaim them over the safety of the children they put into the streets to sleep. The mothers told Meeks they could not afford the back penalties and fees for registration on their vehicles amounting to more than $1,000 each. They expected to lose their vehicles to the city, which once again is part of the scheme. San Diego's regional task force on homelessness estimates about 8,500 people are unhoused in that county. More than 12,000 households had at least one member experiencing homelessness last year. Before I go on deeper, let me remind everyone, especially to the mothers, don't make them, don't let them, don't let them make you believe. What you are experiencing is a personal failure, it's a policy failure. This is an inappropriate response to the least of these. And I'm sure you have paid your fair share of taxes, both of you. And I am sorry that you're in the situation you're in. Tough times happen, but those who are put in authority to provide solutions should not make it worse. And that's what they did. The city commented on the police and their decision to take the vehicles. Here's the comment. The registered owners of the vehicle or vehicles have previously received warnings and citations, as well as information for the city safe parking program. The officers also contacted SDPD's homeless outreach team who responded to offer additional services to the owners. SDPD is tasked with enforcing vehicle code violations, regardless of housing status for expired registrations, outstanding parking tickets, oversized vehicles, recreational vehicles, attached unattached trailers, registration related violations or parking during unauthorized hours among others. You gotta get out of thinking somehow it's fair to execute policies like this against individuals who can't afford it. That's not fair, that's not good, it's not good policy, it's bad. If your policy lacks humanity, think about the irony of that. Who wrote the policy? Humans did, we did. 
and the policy is contrary to the very nature of our being? Does that make sense to you? There's a GoFundMe for the two mothers. I want to put it up. Let's help them as much as we can. Help these babies as much as we can. The GoFundMe page, two moms and children homeless and abandoned for the women. It was set up this week and has raised more than $12,000. You can provide assistance as well. We're back to a real challenge, right? I just read the stats to you. The homelessness issue or unhoused dynamic in that county is extreme. What has the government done to remedy it? Well, not much. And when they are faced with an opportunity to fix or perhaps provide grace, they do not. Places like city of Atlanta, they passed laws that prohibited cops from arresting for what's called a crime of survival. Meaning if a person is homeless and they're sleep, if they're unhoused, unsheltered and they're sleep on private property, that's technical or technically criminal trespass. Well, city of Atlanta police, they're told you can't arrest them. That's a crime of survival. Here are the other things you can do instead of arresting them. We fought for that legislation for years in the city of Atlanta and other cities have done so. This one obviously not, but at least one provides a remedy while the other makes the problem worse. Jordan thoughts here. Like you say, there's no humanity in these statutes. They have this rigid application that only is going to negatively affect people who are on, on in unstable housing situations. And when the penalty is a fine, basically just means you can do whatever you want if you're wealthy. So you can see how this plays out in all of these different areas, all these civil statutes. So I feel really bad for these parents. Like, and the cop also, what's his deal? Saying, oh, are you gonna take him in? Like that's the solution. The solution should not be some bystander filming it because they feel bad for these people to take them in. That's not a solution to the problem. This problem is systemic. Solution is a system where everyone can thrive. Everyone makes makes a living wage or has enough to provide you know, for themselves and their family and afford the cost of rent, which is growing rapidly. You know, Across the country, we've seen rents skyrocket in some year over year, at like double digit percents and sometimes even higher. In major cities, it's been like sometimes 20 and 30%. We've seen housing prices are extremely high. Even just having a stable place to live is becoming increasingly out of reach, especially for people in the working class. So I feel bad for this family or this group of people. I wish them the best. And also, again, it, it illustrates how cops in practice aren't really there to protect and serve. They're just there to serve the interests of capital. Yeah, and once again, this was all part of a scheme for them to get money. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. <laughs> All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Thank you for remaining with us. Let me read some of these comments. Mickey C, the Silver Hair Dragon says, it's not just the trash, it's intimidation. A man, a cop, and a woman alone. He was letting her know he could do whatever he damn well pleases, and there was nothing she could do about it. It did seem as if it was an act of control or demonstration of power, some silliness like that. All right, C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. Cop tried to dump his trash, but couldn't dump his trashy behavior and personality. That's right, caught up with him. 
Also, thank you again, C. Michael. These SOB cops could have done something to help this family. They were supposed to be peace officers. This did not look very peaceful to me. Yep, agreed. Um, Auntie underscore Faye. So many women fleeing abuse are subject to this treatment by the cops. That's right. Very sad. Okay. Um, so this is interesting. I did not know that there was a movement to stop women from voting, but obviously there is. So let's go to the video. Here it is. You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. And in regards to women voting, you know, that was the worst thing that ever happened to America, too. Look at us now. Women overwhelmingly vote um, on their emotions. And their emotions, and the liberals are very good at appealing to emotions. Oh, look at these migrant children, they have nowhere to go. Look at these, uh, this pregnant migrant woman, she has nowhere to go. We have got to open up our borders and give her cash assistance for the rest of her life here in America. And women vote for that. They vote to have uh, uh, weapons taken away, our Second Amendment rights taken away. Women used to vote, uh, they used to not vote because their husband would make the choice for them. Now, if just our husbands and landowners were voting, we'd be in a much better place than we are now. We'd have closed borders, we'd have uh, no infringements on our Second Amendment rights, red flag laws would be a thing of the past. And uh, we as women wouldn't be, you know, have such authority and power over who gets into elected office because we don't deserve it. The way that women vote, it's been terrible. I'm apologizing as a female voter for the rest of my fellow female voters because they are voting our country away and it is extremely dangerous. Whoa, all right, let's put the picture up full mass here. This screenshot tells the story. You're looking at Lauren Witzke made the statement last Thursday during an appearance on the show Slightly Offensive. Now, he looks as if obviously he doesn't like women voting. She does not want women to vote. And this is a semi emerging theme inside of the conservative ranks only, only, okay? When the red wave that may have brought this sweep of Republicans into power. When that was the issue, um, people said, "Oh, you know, there's a fault here." When it never happened, they wanted to blame somebody. Uh, so when the red wave that many thought would sweep Republicans to power across the nation in the midterm elections failed to materialize, right-wing activists immediately began looking for someone to put blame on. One target of right-wing outrage has been young women who voted overwhelmingly for Democrats in the recent elections. Well, let me tell you what really happened here. Um, while you wanna take the right away from women to vote, realize why you all did so poorly. Because really, you probably would have done better if it had not been for some legislative battles Republicans decided to take, contrary to the advice of other Republicans. But I digress. The reality is we should vote our values, policies. We should vote for the best expression of what we believe in, what our communities stand for. No politician will personify that holistically. But we should vote for those that personified more so than not. So just because somebody makes a decision that's contrary to what you represent, 
contrary to your values, does not mean you should violate their rights. I thought you all liked the Constitution. Remember, it is the US Constitution that grants us all, women and black people, the right to vote. It protects that right codified in the Constitution. So when you say things like this, madam, I expect you do not like the Constitution, which means you're likely lawless at your core, willing to violate the tenets of basic statutory rules. There's more. Um, these results prompted Lauren Witzke, a Russia loving white nationalist and conspiracy theorist, who was the Delaware Republican Party's nominee for the US Senate in 2020. To declare that giving women the right to vote in 1920 was the worst thing that ever happened to America. Now think about the hypocrisy of this. She becomes the nominee largely because of women. She seeks the vote of everybody, including women. She does not win the general election. And now today, a couple of years later, she's blaming women saying they do not have the right to vote or should not have the right to vote. Well, madam, you do realize that if you do not have the right to vote, you don't, you don't have the right to run for office either, which you did run for office because you have that right to do so. Uh, fun fact, she's one of the few women in the white nationalist America first movement whose leading activists are known for misogyny in addition to the white nationalist and Christian nationalist views. Well, here we go. The plot thickens. Jordan, thoughts here. I mean, she is the quintessential pick me. She's just trying to appeal to this dominionist Christian white nationalist male archetype, saying, "Oh, the worst thing to ever happen in this country was women voting." I could think of something worse. It's not. It's not hard to think of other things that are That's worse. Right. That is absurd. Like that is. I I just don't understand why people. And especially conservative women agree with this misogynistic worldview that women shouldn't have a voice, shouldn't be able to participate in society or in politics, especially after how hard the suffragettes fought for their voting rights. Like this, they were like tortured. I, I just, I don't get it. But like you say, they're looking for a scapegoat and they can't just admit to themselves that, hey, maybe screeching at people for two years about trans people. Litter boxes in the bathroom that don't actually exist and critical race theory in elementary schools. Maybe that's not a viable electoral strategy. No, they can't admit that. They want to keep doing that because for them, politics is about who they hate and who they can inflict the most pain upon. That's how they want to motivate their base going forward because it's easy and it makes them feel good. Yeah, and they, they don't have to think. That. So that's right. What's that? They don't have to think, they don't have to come up with solutions. They don't have to stand behind a policy dynamic, it's easy for them. Yeah, yeah they're not running on things that address people's material needs. Look, right. the house just got the majority back. And the first thing they're doing is saying, Hunter Biden's laptop is a top priority. We're gonna right. investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. Who does that help? Who cares? He's not the president, he has no power, who cares? Yeah, all right, we will obviously track this now. Uh, because anytime we, we've seen something like this, somebody else picks up on it and they run with it too. It's a very dangerous message. We will fight it every step of the way. All right, neo-Nazis, they decide to go to a Harvard, what, book club thing? Here it is. 
Cowards, let's put their uh, picture up for a mask. Um, I thought they were against wearing masks. All right, Sunday, a neo-Nazi group invaded Harvard Square in Cambridge, Massachusetts, threatening book fair goers. That's who they threatened, people that came there to read books, okay? The fascist wore apparel bearing the name of the Nationalist Social Club, also known as the NSC 131 crew. These so-called tough guys who raided a book event, eventually scurried away in a van shortly after threatening and cursing at bystanders. Then in a video posted by NSC 131, Tuesday on the online video sharing platform, Odyssey showed members of the group performing an apparent Nazi salute in front of the Democracy Center, a Cambridge meeting house where the Boston Anarchist Book Fair was taking place. This was over the weekend. Members of the group pounded on the doors and windows of the building and launched at a passerby on the street. NSC 131 lads confronted Antifa at the Boston Book Fair in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The group wrote in the video's description. Antifa hid inside the hostile passerby were quickly deterred. Whose streets? Our streets. Uh, this is the first reported incident of the activity in Cambridge. The Democracy Center had uh, been hosting a Boston Book Fair, an annual event that showcases anarchists, anti-capitalists, and anti-fascists literature each November. In a statement posted on Twitter Monday, the book fair wrote, the volunteers and attendees at the event prevented the NSC 131 members from entering the Democracy Center and no one was physically injured. The book fair thanked the volunteers, here's that tweet. It says whether you're bringing extra snacks, wearing a mask, or shedding a door in a fascist face, you're participating in an important acts, an important acts of community care and solidarity. Thank you for your support. BA Book Fair. I love it. All right. Uh, New England Nazi, let's go ahead and put his picture up. Um, this guy's a piece of work. So New England Nazi Chris Hood founded NSC 131 in 2019. Hood was arrested in July for fighting in public when he and other members protested at a children's drag queen story hour. Okay, um, the Anti-Defamation League says, and I quote, NSC 131 members consider themselves soldiers fighting a war against a hostile Jewish control system that is deliberately plotting the extinction, the extinction of the white race. Their goal is to form an underground network of white men who are willing to fight against their perceived enemies through localized direct actions. Okay, all right, and let's put up the picture email statement that came from Cambridge police spokesperson, Jeremy Warnick wrote the department responded to reports of NSC 13 intimidating citizens, but the department did not locate the van in which 
they departed in. It's continuing this anti this, anti that, this hate and bigotry rhetoric. These individuals are emboldened, they feel empowered to do exactly what they are doing. That's why it is important to highlight them, to fight them and to say this is not going to define our country nor our communities. Jordan, thoughts here? I mean, the least surprising development, I think, for me was that the police department later said they couldn't, they didn't, they weren't able to find the van where they all left. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, of course. <laughs> what, what good are you? Right. Uh, but Boston is also one of the most racist cities in the country. You know, a lot of people <laughs> like to demonize the South. There's definitely deep seated racism in the South. But Boston, the racism in Boston is so bad that the mayor had to put out a report. On racism as a yep. problem, a systemic problem in the city a couple of years ago. Um, it's it's nasty. It's extremely nasty. So not surprising that's happening there, but deeply, deeply sad because like we just like we talked about earlier in the show, people like that are who are emboldened by Trump's uh, rhetoric. And it's not going to go away on its own. And we don't really seem to have a good grasp as like collectively, especially people with their hands in the levers of power on how to deal with this. So yeah. I feel bad for anybody caught in that in that situation who just wanted to go look at some books. Regardless of your ideology, you should be able to just consume literature. I just I that is absurd. They're more worried about people reading things that are liberating and things that support worker empowerment uh, than than anything else. And they're they are fueled by xenophobia and racism, anti-Semitism specifically. That is such as a, a common through line in all of these different white nationalist conspiracies. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad no one got hurt ultimately. Yeah, same. I really want to see this go away. Yeah, and the thing is, man, they they are really selective about what communities they go to. Let me just put it that way. All right, welcome back. Talk about a hero. A Utah man jumps into icy water and saves the life of another human being. Let's put his picture up full mass here. You see, heroes don't need guns, heroes don't need badges, heroes need heart. An Idaho Falls man decided to do the unthinkable to save somebody's life. There was a couple on their way back to pick up their children. They spotted a car driving down a boat ramp into an icy river. Now, that's a hell of a scene. Dane Entzi is his name and his wife were on their way back to pick up their children from a relative's house. This was after a weekend of celebrating their anniversary. Photo of the area where the woman was attempting to end her life. This was an attempt to end her own life being witnessed by this couple coming back from the anniversary. According to Dane, While driving over a bridge, his wife could see a boat ramp below and noticed a car driving into the water full head on. Mr. Ensign drove closer to the car while his wife dialed 911. When he could not get close enough to the boat ramp with his car, he got out. He said, and I quote, I parked where we were, jumped out, climbed a barbed wire fence, ran across the canal and continued the boat launch. He said, NC saw the car sinking into the river and what that was notorious for dangerous undertow. He then saw a woman get out of the car and start swimming toward the shore. I immediately asked if she was okay and whether there was anyone else in the car. 
He says she replied, I'm committing suicide and there was no one else in the car. I don't want to live anymore. The woman told Etsy that the warder had pushed her out of the car and she didn't understand why. I told I don't know who you are, but I'm here and I love you and I'm gonna help you. And she said the woman, however, refused to swim to him, saying she doesn't wanna live. She then started swimming away from the shore and further into the freezing river. She was running out of strength. That's when he decided to go after her. It was 19 degrees outside. Dane explains that the woman was too weak to resist his help. She was already too tired to even swim. I put my arms around under hers and began making our way back through the thin layer of ice to the shore where another gentleman had arrived who helped me pull her to safety. He said his wife was waiting nearby with blankets. They all huddled together until first responders from the Idaho Falls Fire Police Departments arrived. The couple then continued their journey back to pick up their children. They drove back to the scene two hours later, but it was cleared. Um, I just wanna say thank you to the uh, heroic actions, not only of you, sir, but Really, your wife too, it was a team effort. Um, let's put up the information for those who may be struggling with this kind of issue. We've all been there, including myself. If you or a loved one, if you feel distressed, call 988. The Crisis Center provides free and confidential emotional support. It is 24 hours, seven days a week for civilians and veterans alike, all right? Okay, Jordan thoughts here. Yeah, this is really brave because as you know, and I'm sure many viewers know, going after somebody in the water who is potentially drowning can be really dangerous for the for the rescuer. So not only was it cold, not only was he wet, not only was it a very high stress, intense and quick situation, he could have been into the current or pulled underwater and it could have been a much worse outcome. So congrats to him. That's really admirable just to, without even stopping to think about it. It also shows the compassion people need in yeah. where they're having a really difficult time mentally. And the solution as illustrated here is that a compassionate person who is there to help should be who shows up in those situations, not somebody with a gun. Touched on it when you intro this segment. And I think this is a perfect illustration of how we can help people in need in our communities in ways that are not militarized. It's pretty simple. This world will never change until we realize it is our responsibility to commit to actions to change it. If we continue to say things like, "Oh, that's not my concern, or that's not my job, or that's not my responsibility. Well, bad things will continue to happen to good people. All right, dear brother, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Richie. It's always a pleasure to be here. You can find me on TYT's Twitch channel at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays and over Rebel headquarters on YouTube. Always a pleasure, my dear brother. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.